all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. <laughs> so then we're going to get right into it. Touch it there. So you're going to get right into it. Hallelujah. We're concluding the dream series tonight. And I do want to say this before we make our faith confession. One of the things I'm going to continue to do is continue to give you the opportunity to send in dreams for interpretation beyond uh, this series. So you don't just have to do them for this series. Amen. Amen. All right. That's very important. I said, Bishop, um, why do I need to, to, is it always good to get an interpreter? Yes, because out of the whole Bible, there was very few dream interpreters. Out of 5,000 years or so of biblical history, there were very few interpreters. We looked at Je uh, 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 Joseph and we looked at Daniel. There were very few. So we're going to continue to do that. Isn't that good news beyond this series? Amen. Everybody stand and lift your Bibles. Let's make the confession together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. How do you remain standing if you would? Go to Psalm 16 and 7. Psalm 16 and 7. Good to see you in church on a Wednesday night. Zix and David say, you look good. Somebody else say, you look real good. No. Uh, especially considering monsoon weekend this past weekend. Uh, now, I want to say this uh, a little bit. I, uh, I, I woke up this morning with a little bit of a throat thing going on. And, uh, but I don't believe in keeping problems longer than 24 hours. So. But I, I wanted you to see something. Notice I'm still here. <laughs> I couldn't come to church. All that. Psalm 16, 7. Bishop, you the pastor. I, I got videos. That you. So. <laughs> Psalm 16, 7, here it is. I will bless the Lord who guides me. I'm reading a different translation. Even at night, New King James says, uh, even in the night season, my heart instructs me. My heart instructs me. Heart, we understand in Hebrew, would be mind. So he's saying, my mind instructs me. My subconscious instructs me while I'm dreaming. Say, Lord, Lord you, speak, you speak, you counsel, you counsel and, you and you instruct through some dreams. 
Father, as we conclude this series tonight and we do dream interpretation, I pray that you would speak truths, even through others' dreams, that you would speak truths, Father, to the individuals in this place tonight. I thank you, Father, that I'm talking to kings and priests and to conquerors and to mighty warriors and to more than overcomers and more than conquerors and folk who should have been dead and gone a long time ago, but your goodness and your mercy and your grace has just been raining on them. And every time they tried to run, you snatched them up. And every time they tried to get crazy, you pulled them right back. So tonight, I pray that you speak to somebody else's dream to them. And we honor you that it is so in Jesus' name. Shout hallelujah. Just look at somebody. Give me another compliment before you sound. Give me another compliment. Tell them something nice. Amen. You be seated. I want to jump right into this. I want to remind you now, if you've not been here on the weekend <clears throat> for this series, and in in Dreams, we, we talked also a little bit uh, through the week on this particular series. So if you've not been here, I encourage you to get the CDs so that way what I'm talking to you tonight is not like you's French. And, and most of you know about French is French fries. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so we've learned a lot. So we've learned a lot about dreams. Uh, now, we understand that this series has been about how God speaks, counsels, and instructs through how many dreams? Some of them. Some of your dreams are your subconscious purging things like fear. And we've talked about that. But some of those dreams, say some of them, some of those dreams are God speaking to you. In fact, you spend one-third of your life sleep. Now, you spend one-third of your life working, one-third of your life sleeping. So, so please understand that's not wasted time. Say it's not wasted time. All right, now, now watch this. Uh, we discovered, and I just want to go over this real quick before I get into this interpretation, that a dream is a sequence of images passing through a sleeping person's mind. Uh, a vision, however, would be a sequence of images passing through a person's mind that is not sleeping. Now, uh, the scripture that we've been using throughout this series was in Job, where it says that man does not perceive how God speaks. And I've taught you through this series that man does not perceive how God speaks because man does not remember. Got it? Say, I'm normally dreaming. I just don't remember. Okay, so don't say, Bishop, I've been, I've been trying to dream and I'm not dreaming. No, it's because, no, 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 no. You've been dreaming, you've just not been remembering. And can I suggest to you that part of the reason for that would be so that you would miss vital instructions. Because if it is true that God speaks, counsel, and instructs through some dreams, if you miss the dream, then you'd miss the instruction. That's why I remember we looked at the song where it says God has spoken once and twice that I hear it. And we looked at that scripture because it was talking about and making reference to dreams. So he said he didn't hear it in the dream. So God said, I'll sit in another way, but I'm not obligated to do that. Okay. Now, we serve a God who's so awesome that he can speak to you while you're sleeping. In fact, he prefers to speak to you when you're asleep because he don't have to deal with you. Bishop, what do you mean? When you're in your conscious mind, when God is trying to get information to you, even some of y'all in church, when you come to church, sometimes I, do, I have to remind myself that I'm not speaking to your face, I'm speaking to your spirit, because some of your faces is toe up. So I got to remind myself I'm speaking to your spirit, because your consciousness argues with God. You're not here, I'm saying. Uh, Bishop, how do you know your consciousness argues with God? When God spoke to Moses, who was the man of God, when he spoke to Moses while Moses was conscious, Moses argued. Okay, I can say it's going to be one of them nights. Moses looks at God and says, well, God, I can't do this, and I, I can barely speak right, and I can't do this, and I can do that. And it's interesting because God skips right past that as if to say, didn't nobody ask you that? Let me translate because I'm in Denver. No one asked you that question, good fella. Are you still here? 
uh, when he speaks to, to, to individuals, sometimes they would give their arguments of why they couldn't do it. God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I've called you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I had a purpose for you when you were with me in heaven before I sent you down to earth to accomplish that assignment. I had something for you to do. And when I had that thing for you to do, I sent you there to do it. Now I'm ready for you to do it. You know what Jeremiah does? When he speaks to him in his consciousness, Jeremiah responds and says, but I can't because I'm too young. Maybe your, your blank isn't you're too young. Maybe your blank is I'm too this. I'm too that. I, I didn't go to school. I didn't do this. I messed up too much. I made too many. I'm here to tell you if you got breath in your body, I don't care what mistakes you made. I don't care what issues you've got. If you're still breathing, that means you got another chance. And I found out that he's not just the God of another chance, but he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of another chance. Because if we're honest, we used our second one a long time ago. So he ain't just the second chance, God. He's a third and fourth and fifth and sixth. And every time I think I've messed up too bad, the Bible says I woke up and got some brand new mercy. And every time I think that he won't love me anymore, I wake up and find out he still loves me. Now, watch this. Losing biblical precedent, I'm going to get to these dreams. 95% or more of your dreams are going to be about who? You. 5% or less could be about other people, okay? Now, you got to get to see these because you said, well, Bishop, I had a dream and other people were in my dream, so it's about them. No, it's not. Nine times out of ten, okay? <clears throat> Using biblical precedent, most of the dreams you dream are about you, okay? Those dreams that are about you, and I need to just remind you this before we get into these interpretations tonight. Those dreams that are about you, the people that appear in your dreams are projections of, from you, so, for example, somebody that appears in your dream, you, you got to ask yourself, well, what does this person represent to me? Because then I can discern the message the dream is speaking to me. Okay, just because you saw somebody singing in your dream doesn't mean you need to go tell them they need to go sing. If they can't sing, they can't sing. And you having a dream about them singing is not going to change the fact that they can't sing. It's real quiet in the Presbyterian church in there. We love Presbyterians. Watch this. Now, <clears throat> uh, uh, <laughs> now uh, dreams uh, that are about you, a majority of what we're going to look at tonight are, are about the individuals. You will appear in the dream, and the characters in the dream are projections from you. Everybody got that? Okay, dreams that are not about you, you can generally discern that because you're an observer of the action. It's like you're watching a movie. And typically, those dreams that are not about you, you could be in it, but still be an observer of you not being in the person of you. Everybody got that? I said you got that? Yeah. All right, now, <clears throat> uh, we talked about how dreams require action, and a lot of what we're going to look at tonight uh, are going to deal with some of the action that these dreams require. So y'all ready to jump into this tonight? Yeah. All right, one thing I want to give you before we get into these tonight, remember dreams contain several different things. Y'all remember what the dreams contain? What do they contain? Numbers. Animals, colors, oh Jesus, how are we ending the series and y'all, okay let's start together, one, two, ready, feelings, actions, people, numbers, animals, okay, and it contains a combination of both literal and and, and symbolic language. Okay. Woo, we got through it. Okay, praise the Lord. 
<laughs> so I'm going to go through these. Now, understand this. Uh, one of the things, uh, and we always do in the interest of protecting confidentiality, we're not going to say any of the names literally. So if this is your dream, you, you need to remember that this is your dream. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this one starts, it starts out like this. Uh... There was a gathering with a bunch of people I did not know. Now, I want to say this as we're going through this tonight, because I have the grace to interpret. Um, I want to say this as we're going through this tonight. Based on what you give me, I'm giving you the interpretation. But there are questions that I would ask that some of these dreams, as they were submitted, didn't answer. Like, for example, some of them, many of them don't say how a person felt when they woke up, how they were when they drink, uh, dr uh, as they were dreaming, so on and so forth. So as we're looking at all that, and walking through all of that, uh, just be mindful of that. Touch the neighbor and say, I got it. I said, touch him and say, I got it. Because you touched him and mouthed it to him. Watch this. <clears throat> there was a gathering with a bunch of people I did not know. Watch this. And I was left there by a person who was very close to me. First point of this dream, abandonment. You were left there by someone who you trusted and somebody that was supposed to be there for you, and they left you amongst people you did not know. So the, the overall uh, theme this dream is dealing with is abandonment. Now, abandonment is a very unique theme because abandonment typically makes you an abandoner. If I could just put that in the Harvest Dictionary. When you've been abandoned, typically people perpetrate to others what was perpetrated against them. You've heard the saying, hurting people hurt people. And, and oftentimes, they don't even do it consciously. They do it subconsciously. That is why God would then use a dream like this to then address this issue of abandonment. Because when you've got an issue with abandonment, watch this, you're either two extremes. Normally, you are loyal to your own deficit, or you are disloyal to everybody's deficit. Normally, most people polarize. Normally, you don't see people in the middle. People go from extreme to extreme. Most people do, right? So as we're looking at this, this dream is dealing with abandonment. It says, so I left and went to get on the city train, and then I saw a little baby. Now, when we look at baby in this dream, in the context of this dream, this baby is dealing with a dream, a vision, a passion, or a goal. So it says, I saw my dream, my vision, my passion, my goal on the same track that a train was on, and I thought it was going to get ran over. And I told the people on the train, but only one person responded. Here we are dealing with abandonment again, but now we introduce a new emotion, rejection. And rejection is the most powerful, I've talked to this before, rejection is one of the most powerful things uh, that people can deal with. Because when you have been rejected by folk that you expected to love you, now you have an anticipation, an expectation that everybody that loves you in the future is going to do the same thing to you. And so you end up becoming a self-fulfilling prophet. Even if they did not want to reject you, you do things that cause them to have no choice but to reject you. Because you are constantly thinking, any moment now they're going to reject me. Any moment now they're going to leave me. Any moment now. And so let me not be honest because any moment now they're going to turn on me. Any moment, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Rejection is so powerful that it would cause Adam to get crazy with God. You understand? The, the fall of Adam and Eve is very interesting because, because God didn't really have an issue until Adam wouldn't take responsibility. Adam wouldn't take responsibility because he didn't want to be rejected. Many of the people that you deal with in life, you say, why won't they take any responsibility for their actions? And you get mad at them because you're saying, why won't you apologize? You know you were wrong. And why won't you say that you were wrong? And you're getting angry at them. They don't want to take responsibility because they don't want to experience rejection. So if I can deny that it happened, then I can avoid the rejection. Oh, God, I wish I had a church in here that spoke the King's English. And so 
we're dealing with rejection now. And so now it says, I told everybody on the train, but only one person responded. Nobody cared. Rejection and abandonment. And often you don't know you're dealing with that until you're in the middle of a mess and somebody tells you that's what you're dealing with. Other than that, you'll just say, all the people I meet are crazy. Could it be that maybe it's not all the folk you meet? Could it be that you need to take a page from one of MJ's songs, start looking at the man in the mirror and, or the woman in the mirror and ask him or her to change their ways? Watch it. Only one person responded. So that deals with feeling ignored. So not only rejected, but now you're ignored because there's nobody there to even understand and nobody even cares because you told them that your dream, your vision, your passion was getting ready to be hit and getting ready to die and they didn't even take the time to address the issue. You still here? Okay. Then one person, a person in a long brown dark coat, says, I'm not sure how it happened. I'm not even sure if the train stopped. It says, uh, then uh, the baby was in my arms and I was holding it and there was a big commotion about it. Then ma uh, the man took it from me and said, when it's time for you to take over, take over. Let me tell you who the man is. Your pastor. <laughs> he used a phraseology that you don't hear used very often. Now for those of you that ain't met me before, we got a saying around here. I am not come to play church games. I am not come to be part of church committees. I am not come to be like every other preacher. I don't care what they're doing. I have not come to take sides. I was born for one reason and one reason only, to take over, which means I ain't with them, I ain't with them, I ain't with them, I'm with him. And if you with him, we cool. It so now, so watch this. <laughs> watch this. A person in a long, brown, dark coat. I'm not sure how it happened. I'm not even sure, watch this, if the train stopped. But I had the baby in my arms and I was holding it. Now, now, now let me deal with this, the train not stopping. What's the message there? The train coming deals with motion. But because of the context of the dream, the train coming, watch this, it deals with issues, problems. Situations, circumstances that were coming to kill the dream, the vision, the passion, the goal. And only one person understood it. Yeah, okay, watch this. And it says, I'm not even sure if the train stopped. Can, can I tell you why you're not sure if the train stopped or not? There are certain things that dreams intentionally omit. You're not sure if the train stopped because God didn't want you to determine whether or not the issue, whether or not the issue stopped back here or it stopped back here. He didn't want you to derail and to give up on the dream, the passion, the vision, the goal simply because something was coming against it. You're real spiritual, but your neighbor doesn't like to fight. Now, I'm not talking about because they probably like to do that. I'm, 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 I'm talking about fight when, it's, when, it, when, when you want to cry. I'm talking about fight when you want to throw in the towel and say, this don't work, I'm not doing this no more. See, I, I, I think there's a few people in here tonight that say, Bishop, I, I was that way, but after I went through some things, I had to get my fight back. I'll cry about it tomorrow, but right now I got to get out on the field and fight. So you don't know what happened to the train because God says it's irrelevant. Get your baby. 
Whether they like it or not, get your baby. Whether they're going to celebrate you or not, get your baby. Whether they're going to help you or not, get your baby. Whether they're talking about you or not, get your baby. And can I make an announcement? If you don't have nobody talking about you, you must not be that gifted. You must not be that talented. If nobody's saying anything, it's because you ain't doing nothing. I was holding it, the dream, the vision, the passion to go. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. And there was a big commotion about it. <laughs> Didn't want you to get it. Now you got it. Now I want you to have it. What's the message? What's the message? Do not trade your dream, your vision, your passion, your goal for the acceptance of folk that ain't going nowhere, no how. You know your neighbor's problem? They still trying to get accepted by their family members that ain't been nowhere in years. You sitting up here trying to get accepted by cursed folk. What the? How in the world are you blessed trying to get your crazy family members to accept you? Sometimes you got to be like Abram and say, I know you don't understand Lot. You know what Lot's name means? Hidden motive. You got a hidden agenda and a hidden motive. And so if you don't understand, that's fine. I'll be a Joseph. That means I'm continually increasing. My cousin said this, your cousin is broke. All right, next dream. Because I'm feeling, see, because he shouldn't have messed with my throat. See, if my throat was cool, I'd just talk. But since he messed with my throat, oh no. <laughs> Here's another one that says, uh, today was a great day, praise the Lord. So I'm what is a dream that makes you want to hurt that person that made you mad in your dream? Have had dreams like that? Where you woke up mad? Can, can we be real honest? Anybody have a dream where you, less, where you, somebody in your dream? Amen. After church, I'm going to come get prayer. Amen. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just giving you a hard time. What's this? So, because there's no dream here, I just want to tell you the principle. The principle is this. Frustration is often motivation. There are certain things that God says, I let it get that bad, so you do something. Y'all like that? There are certain stuff that God says, I, I let that get real bad like that. Because I knew that would be the only time you'd do something. So, frustration is often motivation. Frustration is the gap between your expectation and your realization. What you realize and what you expected, that gap in between there is called frustration. That frustration creates an emotion called anger. Anger is a signal emotion, which means look deeper and look further. When you're mad, you're often not mad about what you're mad about. You're mad about something deeper. See, you get, okay, so, okay, so now I got it. Since y'all ain't going to say nothing, now I got a dick. So, so, so you get an attitude when, when someone's going to say they're going to call you in five minutes. And then now you mad because it's been like a day and a half. And you got an attitude the whole phone conversation. What? Oh, see, the ones ain't saying nothing. Y'all are notorious ones. <laughs> As you got attitude and all that. But you're not really mad about that. What you're mad about is your whole life you felt ignored. So the fact that they wouldn't call you back on time further reinforces your feeling of being ignored. So what you're not mad at is them. You're mad at your father. You're mad at your mother. 
Okay. Anger is a signal emotion saying, look over here, look over that. It's an arrow. You're never mad about what you think you're mad about. Even when you get angry, somebody does you wrong, you're not even angry about that. You know what you're angry about? You're not angry about what they did. You're angry because you felt like they take advantage of you. You're not mad at the fact that they, 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 they uh, uh, spread a false rumor about you. You're not even mad about that. You're like, what? That don't even make sense. What you're mad about is, but I helped them, and I did this for them, and I did that for them, and that's how they repay me. You're angry at the feeling of being used. Next dream. I'm going to get through them. <clears throat> I'm going to submit to you my dream. Here's some background information to help you interpret my dream. On July 11, uh, 2013, I was hit by a car. I was on my way to the post office and attempted to cross a busy street with four lanes uh, of traffic during lunchtime. Well, let's celebrate. If you're writing this, you must uh, still alive. So let's celebrate that. Some folk don't get up from getting hit by a car, let alone got the, uh, the, the presence of mind to send an email to testify about it. Which, let me just take a preacher's moment right there. Sometimes you're going to get hit by an incoming object. And sometimes you got to be like a bobblehead. You just got to pop right back up. Stop getting in a depression because something goes wrong. You know what you ought to do is say, now I'm going to work even harder. I'm going to work even stronger. Oh, you thought you was going to mess with me? Very simple, but that's what I'm doing with my, that's what I'm doing. I woke up with a, th- I said, on Wednesday. Now, you could have did this on Tuesday. I got too much going on these next few days. Ain't nobody got time for that. You need to start fighting harder when stuff comes at you. (laughs) It says, I pressed the traffic button for a green light, then looked left and right, and then proceeded to cross the street, not paying attention to the black Honda in a turn lane, about to make a U-turn, and it hit me. Police said I had the right of way and a walk sooner. As I don't remember this information, uh, so then it goes on. It says, now the dream was, I dreamed that I was in a car accident. I hit by a car, but a car accident. However, I woke up before I could find out if I was hurt. Who was driving? Where was I going or presently at? Was anybody with me? All I remember is a very old red car, maybe a convertible. Okay, listen to this. Very, very simple. It says, I woke up before I could find out if I was hurt. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was telling a testimony to somebody, um, uh, a, a pastor, I was telling a testimony to him, and I was just talking about some, some things that, that, that I had to deal with and, and that I had to go through, and I said to him, I, I, he said, Bishop, how did you deal with that? And I said, I got to be honest with you. I said, if it hurt, I don't remember it because I was so focused on my future, I didn't have time to be hurt. Let me talk, because they shout no lie. In other words, he says, I woke up before I could find out if I was hurt. What's God trying to say? You, you, you sitting here trying to figure out who hurt me, who did this, who did this, who did this, who did this. The dream is relaying to you, press past the hurt and stop letting it deter you. You sitting here trying to play clue and find out who did it. And God says, I just need you to get your face focused on your future. You can deal with that later, but get focused on your future now. Bishop, what are you saying? I shouldn't deal with pain? No, 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 no. Quite the contrary. What I'm saying is that you should deal with it, but keep on stepping while you're dealing with it. You didn't hear what I said. I'll deal with it, but I'm going to keep on moving while I'm dealing with it because I got something to do. I got something to handle. I got something to do. All right. So it says, I woke up before I could find out if I was hurt. In other words, God says, it don't matter who did it. It don't matter even what they did. Look, then it goes on. 
Who was driving? Where was I going? Was anybody with me? All I remember is a very, watch this, old red car. That's the hurt. It's old. And it hits you. Notice it was a car accident, the dream was. So a car accident, then another car comes at you, or vice versa, and now the, both cars are impaired. You missed it. While you felt like what they did to you, you'd never get over. On the other end, they were dealing with something they thought they'd never get over. Because both y'all were in the same accident. You still here? So notice it says a very old red car. Okay. The color, number one, well, a few different things that color could mean because I don't have any more detail. The color, number one, could be a color that the person that hurt you, that they wore all the time. Secondly, the color could just be the emotion of anger because red is anger and passion and those kinds of things. But passion can go out of the way. You can be very passionate about being crazy. So, <laughs> so passion can go out of the way. Got it? Go, or, or it's the anger that you experience when you think of them. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so in this dream, what, what is that about? It got nothing to do with cars. And you think it had to do with you getting hit with a car. It had nothing to do with that. It had to deal with the fact that you are still on the side of the road from an accident with an old red car. And you've not moved on and progressed past that point in your life because you are stuck there waiting on somebody to come tell you who hurt you. And some closer, you got to get by yourself. Some closer. Listen, Denver, I got to make sure I'm very clear about my use of adverbs and things like this. Amen. Next dream. Y'all all right? Are you learning something for you? Next dream. I got to move. It says, um, I'll skip past that. It says, I was sitting on the ground holding a purple garment. So let's, let's first just go line by line, precept upon precept. Purple, purple deals with royalty. Barney also. Uh, (laughs) Um, It deals with royalty. What does royalty deal with? Identity. Royalty, watch this, is is a state of identity. What makes a a, a prince, what's his name, Charles, and then Prince Charles, and what's the other one, Harry? Harry and Charles, and William. Okay. William and Harry. Well, when Harry met Sally, what makes, (laughs) what makes them royalty? The lineage. What is the lineage? Identity. So we can already determine and discern that this dream is dealing with identity. Says, I was holding my identity. I couldn't make out exactly what it was. However, I knew the garment was ripped and needing repairing. Your sense of identity was ripped up, tore up, messed up, and it needed to be repaired. I think there's somebody in this place tonight, somebody watching online, somebody looking at the DVD, that, that, that that's where you're at. You, you got your identity, but you're not wearing it, you're holding it. Garments are supposed to be worn, not held. So you're looking at what you could be rather than being it. 
and you keep sitting up saying to yourself, well, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Well, one day, I'm going to make an announcement to you. Today is that day. Stop putting off what God can do for you now. If perfection was the prerequisite, none of us would qualify. But it's not. The only prerequisite is faithfulness. I think there's a few people in this place tonight that say, Bishop, I ain't been perfect, but I sure been faithful. Watch this. Watch this. As I sat there, a man whom I did not recognize gave me advice. He told me I needed to learn how to sew and that I needed to sew it up. He, he told me that it would only take about 60 stitches. Now remember, numbers and dreams are literal, but what they're connected to is often symbolic. Okay? Uh, I, of course, was puzzled because I did not know how to sew. It had never been a hobby of mine. How should I learn how to sew? Now, now look, I, they got a little grace for this thing. Because remember, when you see words and dreams, sometimes, for example, we looked at the example in the last message, ketchup, like Heinz 57 or whatever, ketchup. Okay, but it's not talking about little ketchup. So, I need a bishop, I went to the store, and I got me a whole, I went to Sam's, so I could get the big ones, and got me some ketchup. No, it's giving it to you symbolically, which means you're behind schedule. You need to catch up. So look, it says, perhaps I should have spelled it so, S-O-W. Listen, you see, I grew up in a church that never explains the importance of sowing, tithing, offering, or giving first fruits. So it's been a process to learn how to be faithful in my giving. I'm not sure if there's significance in the purple or the number 60. However, I woke the next morning and I sowed $60 into the church. I'm so excited to be in a season of sowing in my life because I know that sowing seed creates harvest. And when others observe a harvest uh, in my life, I can uh, only say that to God be the glory. He did that thing. Since last week, I've already begun to see a shift in my work, and I'm excited about the great things God has ordained for my life. And it goes on, thank you, Bishop, for your teachings, the Harvest family, and, and, and so on and so forth. Now, so, 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 so they got on the right path there. It said you need to sow. Your seed is so powerful that even when it's put in dark situations, it still is growing. Now, seed is beyond financial. Seed are your words. Seed are your actions. Seeds are your thoughts. Okay? It, it, it transcends money. Your seed is so powerful. Watch, watch this. The, your seed never sleeps and it never slumbers. It's like God. I said your seed never sleeps and your seed never slumbers. Bishop, how do you know it? You are living in something you sold last year. Whether it was good or bad, you're living in it. You're dealing with it. If you were speaking, oh, I'm just so this and I'm just so that and, you know, I just don't know what the Lord's going to do. Well, guess where you at today? You don't know what the Lord's going to do. You're living in what you've sown. Got it? So notice the dream says, the dream says, perhaps I should have spelled it so. Absolutely. And they, they went up and they did, they, they did 60 and, uh, and then they began to see those changes. So for this particular dream, let me give you this point. Whenever God talks to you about seed, it's because a harvest is on his mind. Whenever God talks to you about thinking better thoughts, speaking better words, sowing financially, sowing kindness to those that you'd like to sow cussing to. Now, I know you're spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, we had a microphone in their automobile. And while they were driving the other day when the floods were going on, we called them. No, I'm just, I'm just your friend. Your friend. Okay. Okay. All right, we got to talk about real stuff, right? If we can't talk about real stuff at church, where are we going to talk about it at? 
with your crazy kinfolk. Okay, you know, let's talk about it here. Okay, all right. So now, in all, in all that, in all that, whenever God speaks about seed, a harvest is always on His mind. Bishop, give me an example. God started speaking to Job. Now I may have to just shut it down right here and just shout my way up out of here. If I do, I'll finish them. I'm a man of my word. I'll finish them at some point in time before the sky cracks. We got to move. I got to get us. I got to get this foundation laid. We got too much to do. But, but now watch this. Not too much. We have, we have a lot to do. Not too much. Let me say this to you. Uh, sometimes the harvest God has on his mind is far greater than the capacity you have to sow. So sometimes he does what's called a forced investment. This is what you mean a forced investment. God had double on his mind for Job. But what Job was sowing was insufficient for what God had on his mind. So when God says, have you considered my servant Job? He said, I need Job to sow a little bit more than what he's sowing. So I'm going to let this be a forced investment. Did you get that? See, some stuff, now this ain't for everybody, so don't, but some stuff that looks like you lost, some stuff God said, I, I just was using that as a forced investment. For what I had on my mind, your seed was insufficient, so I just got you some extra seed in the ground. Okay, all right, y'all will get it tomorrow. All right. Whenever God speaks to you about a seed, a harvest is always on his mind. And so you never have to worry. If you're sitting in church and, and, and you, you're like, oh, what's that? And then you hear a number, and the number's big. And you're like, no, I rebuke you, devil. Satan, get behind me. Satan never talks to you about seed because it's the only thing that, that he knows that he can't do nothing about once it's sown. He can't do nothing about your seed once it's sown except get you to curse your seed and uproot your seed. Listen, what do you mean? Some of you sowed believing God for X. And then because X didn't happen by the time you expected it, now you're changing your request. So what you did was uproot your seed. Okay, all right. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on because I'm interpreting dreams. All right, here we go. Let me get another short one here. It says, y'all okay? Y'all all right? You sure? Because now it says, <clears throat> this is a dream I had the other night. My boyfriend, youngest son, and I were at the airport waiting to board a plane. Okay, so when we're dealing with planes and we're dealing with transportation, we're dealing with new destinations, new accomplishments, things of this nature, okay? Uh, board a plane. My boyfriend and I were arguing. I'm not sure what it was about. And our son was asleep across the chairs, okay? Arguments deal with distractions. Since Satan can't defeat you, he, he, he'll work to distract you. Bishop, how do I know he can't defeat me? Because I read the end of the book. And the end of the book says he gives us victory when? All the time. He always causes us to triumph. Text your neighbor and say, I'm still winning. Even if it looked like a loss. See, see, that's the benefit of serving Jesus. We, we serve a Jesus that even when it looks like we're losing, we're still winning. Because he takes the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he makes it work to together. So there's a distraction going on. Before we boarded the plane, two police officers came, one male, the other female. Uh, we're talking to my boyfriend about my youngest son getting into trouble. So my boyfriend couldn't come. When I turned around to get my son, he was already on the plane. We boarded the plane in a different area than the other passengers, kind of like 
where the rich might board. I'm not sure why we were on the plane or where we were going. I was looking for the flight attendant to find my seat. One finally came to me and was looking confused and getting distracted uh, trying to find my seat. The plane was huge. It had different levels on it, and the area, where I was, was the, the area where I was was the nicest area of the plane. Before I took my seat, the plane started shaking, and that's when I saw my son again running past uh, me to his seat. That's when I woke. This is the only dream that I could remember. It's an entirety. So let's break it down. You ready to break it down? Yeah, my boyfriend, youngest son, I was on the airport waiting to board the plane. My boyfriend and I were arguing. Okay, so we got a distraction. Say distraction. distraction. Now, while there is a distraction, uh, the police officer's coming. Again, because there's lots of details, feelings, and things like that. Mentioned colors are, men are, are not mentioned. For example, if, if the police officers had a, a certain color, if they were dressed in all black, uh, then that deals with the absence of the knowledge of God, which meant what they were coming to do was to try to take or to distract you from something you learned. Because I didn't say that, so I don't know that. Since when I turned to get my son, he was already on the plane. We boarded the plane in a different area than the other passengers. So this deals with God saying, I can get you to the same place and use a different way. Sometimes, sometimes you get mad because, because the, the, the door won't open. And what you need to be doing is shouting because the window upstairs is open. Because no doesn't always mean no. Sometimes it just means not this way. Okay. We boarded a plane in a different area, kind of like where the rich might board. I'm not sure where we were going. I was looking for the flight attendant. One finally came and was confused and was getting distracted trying to find my seat. Okay. So we're dealing with more distractions. Say more distractions. more distractions. So the main message of this dream is, whoever this dream is, you're distracted. And because you're distracted, you're missing your opportunity in the plane. Are you still here? I was looking for my flight attendant to find a seat. It was distracted. The plane was huge. It had different levels. And the area I was, uh, it was the nicest area of the plane. Before I took my seat, the plane started shaking. And that's when I saw my son again running past me through his seat. Okay? So, so, so there's distraction. Uh, whatever the, in this dream, whatever the boyfriend and son represent, whatever emotion, dominant emotion that they represent, there's distractions in those emotions and distractions in your life. And what the dream is trying to convey to you is that notice the dream does not ever involve the plane taking off, which means it is like being a, a, a hamster in one of those things. You're just going in circles and circles and circles and circles. The dream is trying to tell you you're going in circles looking at a glass ceiling. Because you're distracted by whatever the emotions are caused by those two individuals. So, Bishop, what do I do now? Then you got to say to yourself, well, where am I distracted? How do you know where you're distracted? Because it is what drains you. Did you get that? All right. If I got that, let's move on to the next one. I got to move. I got to move fast. This next one says, my daughter's biological dad is not an active part of her life at all. And let me say this to you. That is because so this single, obviously, is a woman because it says biological dad. Let me say this to you. Please be encouraged. Do not be stressed out. Do not say, why me? Let me tell you why you. God said, I can trust you to do the job of two. And oftentimes when there's a parent that is absent, y'all got to hear me. Y'all please got to hear me. Sometimes you try to force stuff or someone and need to be in their life and they need to be in their life. Sometimes consider that God wanted to protect them from them to keep them from re regurgitating what would come out of them. You missed this. So I'm going to say it again real simple. Sometimes God says, I was keeping them away from them because they were going to jack them up and mess them up and get them in all kind of generational curses. So sometimes God says, I did that. It says, last night I had a dream and it included him in it. 
In the dream, she started out as probably a six-month-old baby, <clears throat> but now in the present time, if that makes any sense. Three years later, still six months old. Makes sense. We started off somewhere in public, um, in public, obligated to stay around each other, but our baby girl went away. Somehow we ended up in a mutual friend's house where we both were, and I was on a date with someone I recently went out with, but came back because I forgot my ID. So where are you going? No, I'm just, I'm just joking. 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 I forgot my wallet the other day, too. I was just driving and driving. All right. It says, I got back to the mutual friend's uh, house. Uh, kind of irritated, and there was my baby girl's father, and I couldn't find my phone, but then the friends were like, here's your phone, and I was looking at it, and I couldn't get to, to work. It was the whole other phone with information, pictures, text messages, and data from my old cell phone. Notice it says, I couldn't get my phone to work, so the whole other phone was given to me with information, pictures, and text messages from my old cell. It was a phone from the past, and I was confused and angry about it. So when I realized my baby's father gave me my, uh, my back laughing, but I knew I was upset, he held me while I complained about him not being here for our daughter, and he cried for some reason, and I let it happen and felt forgiven. My baby girl came back again three years old, and we left, and I woke up. Today I woke up feeling so upset and somewhat angry. I don't know what this means. Can you help me out? It was all over the place. This one's simple. You ready? It's a warning that the past is getting ready to knock on your door. And when it knocks, God has already warned you. Remember, remember, remember when Sly calls? Don't touch that phone. Sly, uh, uh, Michael Frank said, uh, 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 I am not here. I'm making my escape. The me you hear is magnetized on tape. Now check this out. Check this out. It's giving you a warning. But, but part of what this dream is also conveying is that there's some unforgiveness there. You're angry at somebody that didn't have the capacity to deliver responsibility. You're angry at somebody that simply couldn't give you what you needed. You know, you spend a lot, I'm talking, you spiritual, but that neighbor, we did it with them tonight. This has been, the whole Wednesday Night Live has been about them. Is, is you sitting up here angry at people who just didn't have the capacity to give you what you needed. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this? Why? Because they couldn't. Why? Because they can't. Why didn't they love me right? I love them right. Duh. They couldn't because, watch this, number one, if they didn't know him, they don't even know love. So they can't offer you what they don't know. People cannot give you what they do not have. You're sitting up here angry, up here angry at a zebra b b b because it can't reach the top of the tree. It's not a giraffe. You're sitting here mad at a snake because it bit you. Snakes bite. Okay, it's too quiet in this church. So, when it does knock, what God is saying, I want you to forgive. Why? Because your unforgiveness has been blocking your prayers. That's why when the phone came, it was old stuff because God said there's stuff that you've been praying for that hasn't manifested. It hasn't manifested because you've been blocking it because every time you pray, I have to turn this way because I got to look at your unforgiveness. And the scripture says if, I, if you don't forgive those who have offended you, I then can't forgive you. So touch your neighbor say, let it go. 
I know it hurt you. I know it made you mad. I know you're trying to figure out why they do that to you of all people. But you got to learn how to let it go. It ain't worth your time. It's not worth your energy. You have expended far too much emotional energy on this shit. Let it go. I know you want them to apologize for it, but they probably won't. I know that you want them to say they shouldn't have did it, but they probably won't let it go. Well, Bishop, they owe me some money. Well, then either send them to court or keep it moving. Now, I know that, that other one probably threw you off a little bit, but the Bible says you pay what you owe now. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just in all seriousness, I'm being jovial, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, you, there's, 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 that dream is conveying that there's unforgiveness. And hear me, y'all, because, because a lot of times people think forgiveness means fellowship. And I've well, since I forgive you, then everything goes back to the way it was. No. The Bible says forgive and forget. No. He forgives and forget. I'm working on being like him, but I'm not there yet. I forgive and remember. What do I remember, Bishop? The lesson, not the pain. If you stay stuck on the pain, you're going to perpetrate the pain to somebody else, and then you'll be the thing they're praying about. So then the message then, the message then, the message then, I got to move. Y'all still here? So then the message then is that when it does knock on the door, bless and step. Well, I just figured we could get together and talk about what happened. Ain't no need for us to get together and talk about what happened. You know, I feel really bad. Well, you know, inside, well, you probably should, but no, no, no. <laughs> Just say, I understand all that, but sometimes there's no need for a conversation. Sometimes the conversation is, thank you. Bishop, why would I say thank you? Because had they not hurt you, you never would have found out God could heal you. Had they not betrayed you, you never would have found out that there was life after betrayal. Sometimes you got to look at your enemies and say, thank you. Because when you did that to me, I got serious about myself. When you did that to me, I got serious about my future. Thank you very much. <laughs> Y'all okay? And right, I'm moving. I'm going as fast as I can. Getting you as much as I can, as fast as I can. Let me see. Let me see if I can get another, uh, another short one real quick. All right, because we got some of them that's real long, real elaborate. And that's good. His neighbor said, that's good. Uh, here we go. This one says, them and some other individuals um, were at their office doing a work week. And it says it looked like they were all working. However, the offices were not where they normally are, which leads them to believe that it was a different um, a different office building. The dream jumps to a person walking into the building. I see the person and intercept the person. The person's angry, demanding to speak to the uh, chief executive. Um, not to speak to them, but to get into their office. And they knew that the individual wasn't there. It says, I, of course, tell the person no. They get louder and louder, and then two other individuals from the office come in, and they are watching. Uh, this individual had the conversation with the other individual and they don't say anything. It says the dream then jumps to being in the executive's office and says, I don't know how uh, we got there. I didn't see the person walk through the doors or any steps. I found her uh, in the executive's office and I physically pick her up uh, off the ground and body slam her to the ground like a wrestling move. And I believe I told her, didn't I tell you no? <laughs> then I got up. I like this dream. (laughs) 
Because this is a real simple interpretation. Now, again, remember, because it doesn't tell me the, what the different individuals in the dream, what they represent, I can only go by what's on the paper. Now, based on what's sent to me, obviously this individual represents something that is an antagonizer to this individual. You know an antagonizer? It's like Penina with Hannah. Penina, Hannah couldn't have uh, children, and Penina would always be right there. Oh, you, ain't, you still ain't got no child. Oh, you still ain't paid that cough. You still ain't done this. You still ain't done this. You still. And it was just this antagonizing thing that was always right there. So this person clearly has got some level of antagonization that they represent. And so somehow they get into this, the, the executive's office in the dream. So again, whatever the executive represents to you, it means they got into a sacred space. Which means that the person, that emotion got into a sacred space. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Your heart is a sacred space, your mind. Your heart has compartments. There, there are certain compartments you let certain folk in, there are certain compartments you don't let certain folk in. Do you understand this? And so anyway, that person violates that and they get angry enough to where they pick up this emotion, they pick up this issue, and they body slam the issue and say, didn't I tell you no? What, what is this dream about? This dream is about creating action to bring an end to certain things. Because it says, then I woke up. So then we just have to assume that whoever got body slammed <laughs> broke their neck or... I mean, there's so many questions. What kind of carpet was in the office? Was it hardwood? Did they hit their head when you was body slamming on the desk? You know, there's so many questions I would ask. At the end of the day, this dream represents action. Say action. Say it again, say action. Okay, because there are certain things that you got to get mad about, and then you got to then you then you got to do something to it. You, you, you know why you still deal with depression? It, it's because it's become your friend versus your enemy. Be, because, because, because it's familiar, so you know when it's gonna show up, and you're like, you know, I kind of like you here because I at least know what to expect. Instead, you gotta say, no! How in the world did you get to this sacred space in my life? Next dream. Uh, let's do this one. It says, um, dreams, there was a basket with a yellow ribbon flowing out of it, and it had a name on it. And uh, in that particular dream, uh, it, it, it goes on because the individual, that person ended up uh, coming and working with this individual. So the next one, it says... Um, there were three dresses, red, white, and blue. I did not manually take them off and put them on. They automatically would change. Um, then my uh, man of God zipped up the white dress and told me to go with that one. Now, uh, in, say in this dream, because there's like a sequence of dreams listed here. It said there were three dresses, red, white, and blue. I did not manually take them off or put them on. They automatically would change. And then my man of God, my pastor, zipped up the white one and told me to go with that one. This dream deals with a a confirming of authoritative voices. Okay, say confirming, confirming of authoritative voices. So notice there are these changes of what the individual is wearing. Come on, let's 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 use some what I've already taught you tonight of garments. There's changes of garments which represent identity. Got it. So as these garments are changing, and they're changing automatically, which suggests that the person's sense of identity changes. 
And as the sense of identity changes, all of a sudden an authoritative voice comes in and says, get rid of that one, get rid of this one, boop, this the one. So what is this dream confirming? This dream is confirming the relationship between a spiritual daughter and a spiritual father. It is making it very clear. Because, Bishop, what does father mean? Life giver. What is life? Identity. This relationship is saying, whatever he say do, do it. Next dream. It got real quiet and did right. I ain't studying y'all. Say amen. <laughs> Let's think this somewhere else. Okay. Next one. It says, um, it says, Mary, Mary. And then, by the way, they they put a feeling. It said the feeling was they felt important. Because one of the things that a life giver, father gives is a sense of importance. It's a sense of value. Okay. That's why some of your kids act real crazy. Cause, cause, because, because that's the time where you deal with them and that's when they feel valuable. Even though what they did to seek the attention so when they're acting crazy, sometimes you need to walk in there and say, you mighty man of valor, stand up and lift your hands and get a Lord's praise. <laughs> you still here. Next dream says, Mary, Mary, and, and Kirk Franklin, the dreams were playing. There were no people in the dream. Um, and uh, the, the person's mother and their car were, were broken into. And in the dream, they felt anxious, but this music was playing in, in the dream, and the feeling was an anxiousness. So where I would begin with this particular dream, and i got to move expeditiously, so I'm going to go through these kind of quickly because we're running out of time. Y'all okay? Yeah. Isn't this great? Yeah. Isn't this good stuff? Yeah. Now you, don't, you know you ain't never heard no series about no dreams and dreaming. Don't sit up here like, oh, I heard this before. No, you're not. Look, it says, uh, my mother's car and my car were broken into. Cars, remember, deal with accomplishments, goals, moving forward, progression. Your progression was violated, broken into. Made incomplete. And throughout the dream, what you're hearing is Mary Mary and Kirk Franklin playing. You probably heard those songs because those are probably songs that, that you listen to or that you like. But the next question I was asked is, what were the songs that you heard? Because the song with this was giving you the directive of what to do when something unexpected comes upon you. So if the song was like Kirk Franklin's smile, then, the, then what it was telling you to do when you want to frown, smile. But I don't know what the song was. If it was saying melodies from heaven... Then it was telling you some melodies from heaven. Okay, no, then it was talking about God singing over you. The scripture says he sings over us. He rejoices over us. He thinks about us. Ain't that something? That even when you're not all the way the way you should be, he's still singing good stuff about you. Aren't you glad that, that you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be, and your God's still singing over you? But notice, connected, there was a connection to the mother's car also, which then deals with this connection that somehow this, this, this individual's breakthrough is directly connected to the mother's breakthrough. 
Which means some, some of y'all, some of y'all you, 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 feel, you feel like certain places in life because sometimes you feel like the people who should be helping in you, you help them. Right, right. And, 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 and that's, because, that, that's because God says, well, I just flipped it and reversed it. Right. All right, honey, leave that alone because I don't have time. So, so, so there's, a, there's a breakthrough that's connected to both. Got it? The progress that's necessary is connected to both. And the last one on this one is it says a dream of the song Speechless by Anita Wilson. Who, who that? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. That's nice. Nice. And, and so, <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's good. Uh, and the feeling was refreshed. And so this is just a dream. This is one of those purging dreams. This is a dream where God says, I want to get you right so when you wake up for the day, you're already ready. Amen. He said, I prepped you the night before for the day you deal with. You were fresh so when you got to that day, you wouldn't be stale. Okay, what, tell me how much time I got. Flash me how much time I got. Tell me how much time I got. Okay, all right, I got 10 minutes. Y'all okay? Y'all give me 10? No, I really, I'm not doing no two CDs. I'm not doing no two CDs. We're going to get these dreams done. Okay, here it is. It says, um, in this dream, my husband wanted to take me to see this house. Um, when we got there, it was a duplex, and we had to go up some stairs. It was a different place, not in Las Vegas. When he opened the door and let me in, I was on the right. He was on the left. A little gray kitten ran out the door right past my foot as soon as he opened the door. He was leading, so then I'd ask, well, what does that cat represent to you? She's like, to me, I don't like cats. <laughs> no, 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 I know y'all love them in Denver and cats and dogs, and you let them in your bed, and you let them in your car, and you let them lick all on you and all that. And that's great. That's not me. That's just not me. That's not my testimony. So, so that would be a question because it doesn't say that. <clears throat> it says the first room we entered was like a sitting room that barely looked if anybody sat in it. Now, that, that could be indicative of your childhood. If you grew up in certain parts of the country, everybody had that room in, 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 in your grandmother's house where you never sat. And some of them wanted to make sure you didn't sit on it, so they left that plastic on it. Oh, don't you? Well, I forgot I'm in Denver, so, so y'all might not know about that. But they'd have that plastic on that furniture, and nobody would sit on that. If you sit on that furniture, you just sliding down, trying to. Don't sit on it. It's hot outside. You just sweating, getting up, peeling off the thing. So that's probably what that's for. That's probably that's potentially for your childhood. I don't know. It says there was a tall window in there, and a sheer curtain over the window, and very tranquil and peaceful. I could have. Stay right there. My husband told me to come on, so he continued to walk me through this house. We walked past the next room, which was really messy. The lights shined bright through the sliding door in the room. It looked as if it was an office and someone was looking for something in there but couldn't find it. There was a chair knocked over in the room as well. It was a very nice size. Then he walked me through this room, and it was very dark, and he was walking me to the bathroom. As we were walking through this room to get... Uh, to the bathroom, straight ahead on the right, I see that cat, a cat in the corner. His body stretched like a spirit, but the room was so dark that the cat blended in and had yellow eyes and it was just looking at me. See, that's why I don't like him. But protecting... <laughs> well, smack at you! Start another. <laughs> it says, uh, uh, I moved one step toward it, still holding my husband's hands, but the cat got more intense. Like he was ready to fight me at all costs, and he was hiding in the corner. My husband pulled me just a little, so I continued following him. In this bathroom, it looked as if it was being worked on. There was a huge oval jacuzzi-like tub in front of the window. I like the detail you got. I can see it all, can't you? 
I was on the doorway looking at my husband who was facing me, but looking at this other area in the bathroom uh, uh, like he was very pleased. For a brief moment, I got a vision of what he was seeing, and it was a finished luxury bathroom, but I was seeing the reality of it, something that wasn't yet done. Because there's certain details missing, I want to deal with this thing of the cat. It said this cat was in the corner, and it was stretched out, and the words they used like a spirit, and it had yellow eyes, and it was dark. What this is dealing with is an unexpected enemy. An unexpected enemy. Bishop, how is it unexpected? It says later on that they could see the eyes, but the room was dark, and all they could see was the eyes after, the, after, it, was, uh, after it was spread out. So what this dream is telling you to do, this dream is telling you to then pray now the scripture. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every cat and every tongue that rises in judgment, I condemn it. Okay? Remember, dreams often are giving you uh, some kind of action so that you can pray something down or you can change the sequence of events. So it says that you made it past it and you got into this restroom to something that wasn't yet done. So, but just based on the, 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 the main uh, plot of this dream is this dream is telling you there's something you need to pray down. Watch this. And pray out of the corner. There are certain folk that are in your life that are in the corner, in the cut, plotting. And what you can do is pray a prayer that brings them up out the corner so you can see what's really going on. You don't have to be blindsided all the time. Sometimes you can say, I saw you three months ago. And I prayed you down way back then. Make sense? Got to move. How much I got? I got six minutes. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Here we go. I had a dream. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> that I was being chased by. The only way I knew how to remotely describe it uh, was, uh, was a spirit in the shape of an orb. My wife and kids were in the dream with me, and I was both first and third person in the dream. So now this deals with going from being about them to now potentially being about others. Potentially. Let's keep reading. My family and I were on a journey to take it to an unknown destination. We packed up in a dark blue or black SUV. As I'm driving, the scene switches and the spiritual orb dissolving into an unmanned car. The car begins to chase us. At the, time, uh, at the time, only I was aware of it. Unfortunately, I do not recall all of the drape. Now, you being aware of it, and this is the person saying they're the husband and the wife, you being aware of it deals with leadership. There are certain things that only the leader can know. See, see, see there, there, there's certain stuff that, 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 that there's a reason for hierarchy. The parents, hear me, hear me. There are certain things that, that your children do not need to know because you're the leader, not them. Well, I got real quiet right there. I know y'all don't like that in Denver because in Denver, y'all believe in the buddy system. We're just buddies. All right, wait till they about 15, 16, try buddies. When they say, when you say be home at 10, they say, child, I'll be back at 2. Child. But you created the monster. Okay. Y'all don't like that, do you? Y'all really don't like that. My God in heaven. All right. So, so that deals with only you being aware. So don't remember the dream. So again, we, we've got to go with what's here. I do remember a parking lot in a hotel, checking into the hotel as we dodged this orb. Now, a hotel deals with a temporary lodging place. A temporary lodging place dodging an enemy. 
Okay, let's keep going now. Let's keep going. Let's see how that connects. Check in this hotel. Watch the orb absorb itself into the TV in the main lobby. From the TV, it jumps into a heavy sight, a heavy set. Uh, I'm assuming it means person with a gray polo and jeans on. Well, now gray polos <laughs> and jeans on. It says after the orb jumps into this guy's face is like a shadow with an uh, with uh, red in his eyes. I've had this guy off, and we all run into the SUV. At this point, it's raining outside. So this dream is talking about last week. And we, no, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. You drive to the shelter where the guy catches up with us. The head lady lets him stay in the shelter after my petition not to let him in. The guy keeps trying to enter into our room, but I keep fighting him off and throwing him outside. It's no longer raining, but it's now snowing. Sounds like you're in Denver. After the second time, I mean that facetiously. Running with them while being able to see that the guy was making his way back into the shelter to try to come and attack us, my family gets into the SUV safely and the guy is able to get into the room and that I am waiting for him. I tie him down and restrain him in the room. I run into the SUV and we start driving forward in the snow. Then I woke up. I had feelings of protecting my family. Why is this thing haunting me and my family, trying not to look behind me but keep driving forward, some fear of not being able to get away and encouraging family that we will make it. I woke up and didn't even remember that I had dreamt it. I knew uh, I had a dream but couldn't recall it. I had to pray for what it was and like it came back in a flash in pieces. My feelings while awake were, uh, well, won't God work it out? And look at him answering prayers, my prayers that quickly. And uh, if you listen, uh, um, if you listen, it'll work out the way he says. All right. Everybody with me? So a lot of information. Let me break it down for you real quick. Touch your neighbor. He's going to break it down for you real quick. Okay. What's being dealt with in this particular dream is an issue that the individual refused to deal with. So what most people think is that you can run and your issues will just be gone. To only discover, you know, people are like, well, man, if I just did this, if I just did this, this, to only discover that your issues often know you better than you know you. And so you not dealing with them does not mean that they go away. It just means that they get wiser. That's why when you confront a liar, what you've actually done is empower them to become more deceitful. So basically, are you saying I sing in front of a liar? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, just know that what you're teaching them is how to become a better liar. Hmm. Because then they can think on their feet. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Is sometimes there are things that we don't talk about, we don't deal with, and we think that, well, they'll just go away, go away, go away, go away, go away, go away, go away. But at the end of the dream, it said that when you, when you do what you're told, uh, that the dream would work or that, uh, that things work out, so on and so forth. And so there's some other details that, that I'll omit for the sake of, uh, of, of brevity. But at the end of the day, there are certain things. I, I tweeted this not too long ago. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you should follow me on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you should follow us on Facebook. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please follow us on Instagram. We just got on Instagram, and that number needs to go up real quick. Amen. Now, I know many of y'all don't know what none of that is. So if you have a cell phone, would you follow us on text? Would you follow us on text? Uh, 59769, text the word harvest, amen. Here's the point. In this dream, this thing, watch this, seems like it's an enemy. It gets into the place where the individual gets with, the, or gets with this enemy, time down, restrain them, 
and then goes forward. At the end of the day, the dream is trying to communicate a very simple principle. The principle is that you can put stuff, and this is what I was talking about when I tweeted, you can keep putting stuff on a shelf to deal with, but eventually you're going to have to clean that shelf. But I'll deal with that one day. I'm not ready to deal with that. Well, there's some stuff you just need to force yourself to be ready to deal with. There's some stuff you just need to say, you know what? I, I saw this, uh, this, this movie the other day. Y'all know I'm a movie buff and, and I like movies. And so I saw this movie the other day. And in the movie, uh, it had a, a, a real quick little principle. And uh, the principal, he said, whenever you get scared, he, uh, uh, he said, count to three and do it. And he said, one, two, three, and then he did it. And, uh, and I didn't know the movie had a lot of other stuff it had in it. I just thought it was just going to be a funny movie. And then I started watching, and I said, OMG, you know, IJS. <laughs> I didn't know. Don't send me no emails. I didn't know. But at the end of the day, he said, count to three and do it. Touch your neighbor say, count to three. And do it. Touch them again and say it. There's stuff you're afraid of. And it has literally paralyzed you. Because when you think about it, you're shaking and you're nervous and you're this and you're that. And at the end of the day, there's some stuff that you're waiting on peace and peace is not coming. There's some stuff you're saying, I'm waiting to feel peace about it. Well, we got several problems with that whole statement. Feel peace. So we already got a problem because you're operating by feelings. The Bible says he gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. You know why it's got to surpass all understanding? Because it doesn't make any sense to have any peace about it. How are you peaceful and you just got an eviction notice? How, how are you peaceful and they just laid you off your job? How are you peaceful and your children are acting crazy? Because he gives me I don't feel it, but he just gives it to me. And it's a... And, and, uh, and, and in this dream, there's this running, 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 running to never deal with the issue. Got it? So what this dream is conveying to this individual is in the last points apropos just do what you were told and then it goes on and it talks about that uh, at the end of the day anything that you fear has conquered you now I don't mean fear in the sense of reverential fear that's appropriate there are things that you should reverence but watch this if you're always scared uh, y'all hear me talk about swimming and, and I know I'm out of time so I'm through so wherever y'all got to stop, y'all stop. Um, and, and I remember, because when I was a little kid, they had, they had thrown me into a pool where I, the water was real deep. And uh, uh, I couldn't swim. So literally, I'm sitting there, I've told the story before, I'm sitting there, to me, de facto drowning. And they just sit and watch it, and I hee hee, and I'm saying, hee, come get me out this pool. And, and they didn't throw me close to the side. I'm going to help somebody. They made sure that they threw me way out there. And I'm sitting here going under, because watch this, because I was so panicked 
that I didn't have the presence of mind. See, that's what some of y'all write right now. You're so panicked because you just got the information. You just got the news. And you're panicked. And so you're floundering. And so, if, I mean, I'm taking all this water in, taking all this water in, taking all this chlorine in. Then I finally make it to the side, and they just laughing. And it's, it's I mean, literally, it was a big, big, big part. There's hundreds of people there, or, you know, what appeared to be hundreds. There's hundreds of people there. You know, it looked like hundreds. I don't know. It's a big old party. I don't know. I, it looked like hundreds to me. Anything would have looked like that. And, and so I'm panicking, and I finally get to the wall, and I'm, you know how you, after you've taken all that, so you cough it up and spitting up and all kind of stuff coming out of you, and then, you okay? I'm like, what? <laughs> Evidently, no. <laughs> you still here? Watch this. And at that moment, watch this, I subconsciously developed a fear of getting in water I couldn't put my feet to the bottom of. Okay, yeah, y'all don't want to be real. Now, don't you sit up here and judge me. I bet y'all can cast that demon about you. I bet y'all can do that. I bet y'all can get some prosperity into your life. I bet y'all can do that there. Sitting up here looking at me with that tone of judgment. I may have been scared of water, but you were scared of greatness, so don't play with it. Don't, 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 don't. Judging me like that felt so judged. This is supposed to be love God, love people, love life, and y'all just judged me. I'm just joking. I'm being facetious. Here it is. Here it is. I'm through. And at that moment, I developed this subconscious thing. So watch this. Every time I would get to, to the water, I would avoid it. So when it'd be swim party day, I conveniently didn't have no trunks. You're missing what I'm saying. Be be because I wanted to ensure that I didn't even have to get put into the environment that I now had developed a fear for. You know. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.